and live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. What's this I wear? Oh, yes. Oh. You know what's coming. 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. Naked Hammer Fight Club on a Friday night, which can only mean one thing. What even is that? Coming up at 9 p.m. Make sure you stay tuned for that. That's by uh, this guy over here to my yeah. left, Mr. Delgado. How are you? That's me. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Fine. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. What's the subject of your uh, what even is that tonight? Uh, the subject tonight would be uh, going home again. Going home again? Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a tried and true. Okay. Very good. Going home again tonight. We'll look yes. forward to that. Mr. David Zia, sitting right to my right, is back with us. We always love when he's with us. Mr. Zia, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Welcome nice back. Here. Nice to have you here for a second day in a row. And sitting next to him, of course, doing sports night. He's back after his big event. Now, Slick showed me the picture of what he wore to the event last night. I almost had to put sunglasses on. <laughs> I was going to start the show with sunglasses on because I, I just looked at the photo of what you wore last night. Slick, how are you? I'm doing good, Big D. How was your event? Fantastic. Had to take a lot of pictures. People said, can I get a picture with you? Not, not because I'm infamous, but more because of the suit. The suit yeah. was rocking. Yeah, the, the suit was rocking. Was that, is that one we have not seen here? Yeah, you, no, you've never seen that one on this show. Oh, no. That's, so, that's, so that's, a, that's a new one. He so, looked like crystal clear water that you, you, you dive into in the Bahamas. That's, that's what he exactly looked like. what it looked like. Here's yeah. what I'd like to ask you, and I'm sure that everybody else on the show will agree with me. Now, Slick, why is it that we, your family here on the show would have to see pictures of you at an event with a suit that we have not had the honor of seeing first. Wouldn't it seem, Delgado, wouldn't you agree that it would seem that if a first place you're going to wear a suit, yeah, like that would be like with your best buddies there. Right. The, well, you do it right? Right. If, if if we were his best buddies, you would think he would do that. We wouldn't want to see him like in right. pictures and go, wow, we're jealous of that suit. We haven't seen it. Why, why, wouldn't, yeah. why didn't we get to see it here, Slick? Yeah, why? Because this group that I belong to is an arts council. They had to see me in a really great suit. I had to impress them. And, you know, I walked in initially. I had to change because I had a regular suit. They go, oh, you're disappointed. I said, wait, I got to get changed. Then I came back out. <laughs> and they were like, Pow. so I had a debut wait, with their big D. Uh -huh. wait, so Plus, in person is, uh -huh. is better than that. Uh, so did you hear something in there, Delgado, you didn't like? Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. So, so wait. So I you smell actually, in a lawsuit. You actually show up. <laughs> To do a costume change? Yeah, why? Well, it's a long story. Well, I, I heard him say I wanted Busy to impress guy. him. Zier, did, did you? I didn't hear him say he wanted to impress you. No, no, no. I can't impress you guys. You know that. All right, that's you guys fine. Don't, we'll I can't talk. impress you guys with anything. He's Listen, impressive every day. Yeah, that's, right. That's true. We're happy yeah. to see the suit whenever you'd like to uh, wear yeah. it here on the show. And the audience, I'm sure, feels the same. A little, little slighted, but that's okay. They still love you. I'm, sa you I'm saving it for the calendar. <laughs> the Slick Rick calendar, alert. 2024 Spoiler calendar. Is, alert. Uh, yeah, we're talking about that. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. How, what's the interest in a Slick Rick calendar? I, I think it's high, and yeah. I think we were going to debut it at the Rav Open. Oh, right. That's uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Wait. It's another thing, another thing that won't happen. Yep. Turn the page. <laughs> Let's go to the next month. <laughs> That's it. Turn the Turn page. The go. Hey, March, <laughs> April. You might, as, you might as well just make the calendar for 2028 at this point. <laughs> Maybe we should get a picture of you on a fairway somewhere. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's <laughs> it. That could be It'd the be July a hole in month. one. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think the interest in a slick grid calendar would be pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so.
You don't think so? I don't know. It's you know, hard to say. Oh, I, I tell you one thing. It'll be all new suits. Well, mostly all new suits, and it'll be some nice shoes, that's for sure. Let and they'd be the first to see it. Let me tell you what there's definitely not interest in is that's coming to New York to see us. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's off the table. That's for sure. So, all right. Lots to do tonight. David Zier sitting in, going to do some news. Delgado will do some news. Slick Rick's going to do sports. Slick, I'm sure you saw and you missed that we spoke first out of the box last night about Dick Buckus. Wow. That was big. I mean, I, I, that caught me by surprise. I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I'm going to have my own little spin on that. I want to report on that because that man was one of the all-time greatest football players that ever walked the earth, hands down. Yeah, one of the most ferocious Woo. as well. So, uh, all right, we'll do that when we do sports. What even is that? Nine o'clock. The odds makers tonight as well. We got to look at where we stand with the records. Slick's off to a hot start. Aaron's off to a decent, solid start for her first year as well. Yeah. You both <laughs> lost last night. With, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't take last night's game. Oh, you didn't pick last no, night's game. No, we did game. not. Oh, I thought you both picked Washington. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, so we'll have an odds makers tonight as well. So a busy Friday night show. So you know, there's levels of delusion, and um, this delusion right here is like something I've never seen before. As Biden comes out this morning to talk about, there's something going on with the jobs numbers. I don't know who's cooking the books. Or we need to look – I mean, I looked as, as quickly as I could at the numbers this morning. I know for sure of the three – now, the ADP report was supposed to come out with 185,000 jobs. It came out at like 86,000. It was a huge really? miss Holy on moly. Thursday or, or two days ago. So people were expecting this morning's numbers that this could be the first time we really see a huge fall off. I think they were expecting 186,000 was the expectation this morning, and we got 336,000. But when you look deeper, 80,000 of them were government jobs. 150,000 of them were part-time jobs. So, you know, and then you look at the revisions that we get in these numbers every, you know, two, three months down the line. And it's all of a sudden like we, rev- hey, we, re- hey, we revised, uh, we revised January from a million one down to uh, 26, <laughs> yeah. you know, one of those deals. Well, you remember when, when they had to revise the entire year, what was it last year? Uh, it went down from um, 1.2 million jobs, they said, for, for the, the, I think yeah, it was 2021 to 10,000. 10, yeah. Ah, we were just a little off. So Biden comes out this morning, and here's part of, maybe I'll get it right to start. So here's a little bit of what he said. Listen, this question is, I believe this question is, why don't the American people actually feel like things are plentiful and getting better? Well, first of all, you just heard the news today, too. They haven't heard it. I think the people, those 300-plus thousand people who got jobs feel better about the economy. Look... I gotta choose my words here. You all are not the happiest people in the world. What's your report? And I mean it sincerely. It gets a more little. You get more legs when you're reporting something that's negative. I don't mean I don't mean you're picking on me. I'm just the nature of things. You turn on the television, and there's not a whole lot about boy saves dog as he swims in the lake. You know. To say, you know, it's about, you know, somebody pushed the dog in the lake. I mean, I, I, I get it, but. No, he just kicks the dog. If you Spit just <laughs> listen Never to mind. what's going on around the world. What? There's no, we don't care for about people to be concerned. 
there's reason for people to be concerned what's going on with in Russia. There's reason to be concerned about what's going on in other parts of the world. I think that the American people are Did he drop a smart as hell and know what their interests are. The sign lady to go like this. I think they know <laughs> you should be happy. Jobs better off up. financially than they were before. It's a fact. And all the all that repeat interests are. Repeat. I think they know they're better off financially than they were before. It's a fact. Right. Oh, and all the all that data, all that polling stuff. Anyway. I better go. Anyway, I, gotta get I mean, where, where do you even start with that? <laughs> Besides the, the pause there at the 59th second mark, that's like uh, the brain's going mm, re reboot, reboot. Yeah. Anyway. The first part, the 300,000 are happy, 150,000 of them are part time jobs. And then everybody knows they're financially better off. It's a fact, he says. And you know, Damon, <laughs> what uh, kind of delusion is what kind of magic uh, potion stuff is this? Yeah. In July and August, they revised the numbers up 120,000 up. So they went back and cooked the books and said there were 120,000 more jobs that came through in the two months. I mean, how, how could you be off by so much? That never happens. Yeah. That never. We always see revisions and they always end up being on the downside. But mysteriously, with this administration, they seem to be going in the other it direction. It went up 50%. Just like, just like he said, it doesn't matter if you have a job. It matters who counts the jobs. And what kind of jobs. And everybody's not only working one part-time job in the Midwest and down south. They're working two part-time jobs. You know, so that's what's going on. Nothing focuses the American people on the White House and who holds that job more than the economy going sour. We've seen it over all of the decades. You can go back and look at presidents who dealt with this exact thing where the economy, people see their, their chance at the American dream continue to dwindle away. The economy goes sour. Inflation goes high. Things start costing a lot. Uh, this guy's level of delusion in there today is, um, is unmatched. When you look at the housing market, homes, gas, cars, food, uh, electricity, ne necessities skyrocketing, just basic things. Nothing sours the American. This is why I think the message of are you better off four years ago than you are today should be the continued hammer, hammer message of whoever candidate wants to use it, including whenever we finally do get a, uh, a nominee. Because the numbers for the Republicans on the economy – and President Trump head-to-head -head with Biden. There was a poll that came out a couple days ago that went over all the major subjects. He's up 30 points on the economy. He's up 28 on the border. He's up 15 on... I mean, it's the numbers are runaway numbers when you get specific, issue-specific. Talk about... And then, of course, overall, they'll tell you he's down too, which is just... <laughs> yeah, and if you look at issues specific, uh, black unemployment is about 70% higher than white unemployment right now, and it's about 50% higher um, for Hispanics, maybe 40. Wow. But um, I thought he was the man. I thought he was the guy. I thought the Democrats were all about helping black people. It turns out Trump helped more black people than Biden did. Yep. That's I think the American people, no matter where they are on the political spectrum, when they feel financially the way they feel i would suspect right now and will for the next year possibly getting much worse 
don't write it off that it couldn't. We could be going into a serious recession. It may not be on our doorstep right now. That doesn't mean come March of 2024 is you get a credit, uh, you get some kind of credit uh, event to happen. Uh, and you start to get recession and some of these interest rate hikes really take their way through the economy. This could get much, much worse. Stock market could take a huge hit. You know, they've always been able to rely, oh, the market's up, the S&P's up, and that's true. That could not last. It could get a big reversal if things go bad. Plus, they're still spending like drunken Marxists. We know that. Look at the debt thing he just did with the student loan out. That's another $9 billion. It's going to come from somewhere. Things could still turn extremely bad. And going into 24, people will still think, no matter where they stand, I believe they will think the way to rid our lives of this is to get rid of him. I got word from a bank owner this morning. I know it's matter. It's matter time. Oh, <laughs> oh you told him about that one. Break out the shirt. <laughs> But I, I had a, an owner of a bank uh, say that uh, the phone is not ringing at the bank for commercial loans. Uh, and no. there's, and if, I got another report this morning. Florida is going to get flooded with an additional 20,000 foreclosures very Ooh. shortly. I think you're going to see it all over the country. You've seen some yeah, places hold up better than, uh, real estate values that residential than, you, than I would have thought so far. But that doesn't mean it's going to continue. It's just like the recession. People keep saying it's coming. Now they're like, they see the, this morning numbers. They go, oh, soft landing's back on the table. Mm, I don't know. It could still get very bad. It could get recession-y real early in 2024 and turn really bad heading into November. All right, just getting started on a Friday night. Lots to do. News, sports, David Zier. What even is that? The odds makers. Man, we need three hours. Let's go. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Friday night. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. David Zier's got some news coming up. Rick Delgado's got news coming up. Aaron and Fran holding it down, as always. And of course, what even is that at nine p.m. top of hour two? What even is that about uh, returning home? You said yes, going going home, home. You, going home. Yeah, the That's old the phrase. S- you can go home again. You can go home again. Bon Jovi, I think, had a song with Cheryl Crow about that. Who says you can't go home? Right. Oh yeah. Yes, thank you. I have no um, Okay, good. And we'll do odds makers at the end of the show as well. So lots to do. Let's start off with sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Uh, use our code LFS6B when you shop there. Up to 66% off some of the great stuff that Lindell is selling. And you've, as you know, if you've seen Lindell in the war room last couple of days, he, it's, it's about as bad as it's gotten as far as attacking MyPillow. Uh, they're going after, they're auditing people who work there. They're going after his credit card. They're going after the lawyers. Now, supposedly the lawyers say they're leaving. He, Mike says they're not leaving. The bottom line is the more sales he gets from the War Room Posse, from this audience, from every audience, the more he can hopefully continue to fight this thing. Uh, he says the company's in decent shape still. But uh, listen, he's in the fight. He's in it. He's in it hard right now. So if you can... When you do your Christmas shopping, over, he's going to hope these next, you know, he's looking for a big holiday season, I would assume. So anything we can do to help, we're going to do. Use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop there. Shirt of the month right now is the Trump Truth shirt. 
Um, and if you send us your MyPillow receipt, we'll send you that absolutely free. Just give us your size. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, we got to go to the rodeo. First thing is Friday night. Let's get to the Waller County Fair and Rodeo, Hempstead, Texas, at the Waller County Fairgrounds. It's going right through the weekend. Bareback riding leader, Western Tiberman, 74 and a half points on Pete Carr Pro Rodeos. Paint the town. Steer wrestling. We got a tie. Mark Joyner and Justin Schaefer, 4.2 seconds. Team roping, Todd Arthur and Bordeaux Campbell, 11.8 seconds. Saddle Bronc, Weston Patterson, 76 points on Pete Carr Rodeos. Redzilla, tie down roping, John Douch, 8 seconds flat. Barrel racing leader, Cassidy Smart, 15.55 tenths. That's a great time right there. And bull riding leader, Clayton Sellers, 87 and a half points on Pete Carr Pro Rodeos. Bruised Kitty. Uh, total payout, 119869 Big ones. And, well, I know you guys covered it last night, but I didn't get the opportunity to talk about the great Dick Butkus, so I do want to run this story. Dick Butkus, fearsome Hall of Fame Chicago Bears linebacker, passed away at the age of 80. This is an AP report. A photo of Dick Butkus sneering behind his face mask filled the cover of Sports Illustrated's 1970 preview, topped by the headline, The Most Feared Man in the Game. Opponents who wound up on the business end of his bone-rattling hits could testify that wasn't an exaggeration. Butkus, a middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears, whose speed and ferocity set the standards for the position in the modern era, has died, the team announced Thursday. He was 80. According to a statement released by the team, Butkus' family confirmed that he died in his sleep overnight at his home in Malibu, California. Butkus was a first-team All-Pro five times and made the Pro Bowl in eight of his nine seasons before a knee injury forced him to retire at 31. He was the quintessential monster of the midway and was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame back in 1979, his first year of eligibility. He is still considered one of the greatest defensive players in league his- history. Uh, he was Chicago's son, Bears chairman George McCluskey said. Hallis's grandson, uh, he uh, excluded about, uh, he exuded about our great city is about and not coincidentally what George Hallis looked for in player. Toughness, smarts, instincts, passion and leadership. He refused to accept anything else less than the best for himself. He really just set the standard to go on. Of course, drafted behind the great Gale Sayers, who actually won Rookie of the Year. Their first year they went in, uh, Gale Sayers was an absolute another unbelievable legend of the game. Uh, but iron- uh, unfortunately, those Bears, and ironically, they never had any playoff success, Big D. All those years with, with one of the greatest linebackers, one of the greatest players at the position, they never could get any success until after when the Bears and Mike Ditka came in and had that unbelievable team back in 84-85 when they won the Super Bowl, trouncing the New England Patriots. So uh, just, a, just a big loss. You know, 80 years old, nowadays to me, is not that old. I have a lot of friends that are 79, 80 years old, and I look at them like they're going to live another 20 years, and I sure hope they do. Uh, and uh, But just a very sad story. So I did want to cover that, Big D, and um, I know you guys talked about it last night. Uh, we'll see what the ceremonies are going to be. I'm sure that's going to be an incredible funeral. And they even, of course, flew the stag, uh, flags at half-mast um, at, at, in Canton for the Fall of Fame, which I thought was a very nice touch that they do when the players pass. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. All right, Slick, so very good. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Let's do some news and hear what the news is Rick Delgado brought to you by Seven Cells? Seven Cells.com. Our code LFS6P will save you 20% off at checkout. Whatever you put in your cart at Seven 
Sportsbuzzsells.com. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, big news in the campaign world for the uh, the presidential run of 2024 as Judge Aileen Cannon hands uh, Donald Trump a win in delaying his Mar-a-Lago documents case. That's right. You heard it here. A federal judge, this, this broke earlier today, has gifted Donald Trump a step forward getting his classified documents case delayed until after 2024, the presidential election. Uh, earlier today, U.S. District Court Aileen Cannon granted the temporary stay on a filing deadline for Trump as she deliberates whether to postpone the entire schedule of pretrial proceedings. Her order didn't, however, address whether the May 2024 trial date will be moved. Trump's legal team has requested a in a Wednesday filing that Cannon push back the trial from May until at least mid-November of 2024. His lawyers claim that prosecutors were refusing to fully disclose their evidence and forced them into a conflicting schedule, arguing that the May date was too close to special counsel Jack Smith's 2020 election interference case against the former president in the D.C. federal court. They also complained that there was a three-month delay in establishing a facility in Cannon's courthouse to view the classified information. So uh, the first step, it looks like, in terms of getting at least one of these cases delayed for uh, President Trump. So what, what, what does that make you think? Um, I'm hearing it for the first time. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to look at it from, from the glass half empty. It seemed to be a good thing. Yeah. But, but what we've been talking about, I just wonder if this is a ploy from these sneaky Jack Smith, because I would have much rather seen the Florida case go first instead of the Chudkin case. And we've been talking about why, because I believe she's a kamikaze to go get a guilty plea. And I thought Cannon should have been granted first go since that was the first case that was filed. That would have been Chutkin after the election or at least tried to push her back. Right. Now, they've made a motion, obviously, we talked about yesterday, to dismiss. And um, I mean, I guess I think Judge Cannon did what she thinks is right. And I would not be surprised if she pushes it back to after the election at all because, um, well, because she's following the Constitution seemingly and making rules based on what she thinks that what you know the reality of the situation on the ground, she's not out to just get them. Right, and she's the only one in this that seemingly is not. Chutkin, we know what her objective is, so I just wonder, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder if this actually plays into it. Really clears the way for her to be first. Yeah, it just might. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out as this starts to unfold. Again, she didn't she didn't change the uh, the May twenty twenty four date yet. Not yet. But uh, that that could be next on the docket. Uh, also in campaign news, check this out: the first GOP Republican who is seeking the office has now decided to leave the race, the twenty twenty four race. You want to guess who it is? Uh, the governor of North Dakota, Bergwam. No, no. I'll give you one more. Um. No, you're not going to get it. Don't worry about it. The man's name is Steve Laffrey. He's the former mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island. And who the hell even knew this guy was running for president? Yeah, I thought he was selling pretzels (laughs) on the corner at one of those walk-up stands. Who? Steve Laffrey. He is the former mayor. He's Steve Laffrey, all right. (laughs) Former mayor. Maybe he's called the Laugh Stock. Maybe it should be called. Yeah, from Cranston, Rhode Island. Uh, He actually told this to ABC News. I love being on the trail, the campaign trail, and meeting people. Meeting who? (laughs) I don't know. Backyard. (laughs) He says I'm crestfallen uh, that I wasn't able to cross the chasm. Uh, You. Weren't even able to get on our radar. We don't even know who the hell you are, Mister Laffrey. Uh, he never broke through in any national polls or had a breakout moment or even 
Yeah, got mentioned on potential people's <laughs> we'll radar. Able to ever find a camera? Yeah, <laughs> behind Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, who we all heard of. He's the second Republican uh, presidential yeah. hopeful to yeah. drop out. Right. So there you have it. Well, we need about six more <laughs> to get down to something legitimate. Who is this guy? All right, li- <laughs> live from Studio Six B News with David Zier coming up next. Laugh for you, no laugher. from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Friday night. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Aaron Fran holding it down as always. And of course, the great David Zier is joining us again tonight. It's always great to have him here with us. Uh, he's going to do some news. He's got a bunch of stuff he's been following. He's going to be in New Hampshire on Monday covering President Trump there. Next week's going to be a busy week. Monday, you guys will have President Trump. Is that during the day? Is his speech there? Yeah, 12 p.m. Eastern on uh, Real America's Voice. All right, Tuesday night, we'll be covering Kerry Lake's big announcement. I think that's the 10th. Ben Berkwam will be in Arizona. We'll be covering that in the 9 o'clock hour. And then on Wednesday, President Trump will be covering again Although I think now they thought he was going to start right at 8. I think he's going to now start at 7. So we may be dipping into it. He may go into our hour and then we'll pick it up. Uh, He'll be speaking down in Florida at, I believe, Club 45. We'll be covering that as well with Dr. Gina Loudon. We'll be down there. Uh, So busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week right here on Real America's Voice. Remember the president uh, did a great interview tonight, Town Hall, with John Solomon. That aired at 6 o'clock right before us. Uh, I thought the one he did with Vivek was excellent as well yesterday. I mean, I, I know people all do Vivek's this and Vivek's that. Man, the guy gives good. The guy gives better answers than ninety nine point one percent of the Republicans in this party on these issues. He and, just does, and yeah. he doesn't hesitate. No. Uh, all right, David Zeal, let's do some news. What else is going on in your world? Uh, well, lots going on. Right, everything's uh, crazy and upside down here, but. Um, you know, Matt Gates showed praise, like I think it was about a month ago when Ro Kohana, Ro Kohana, he's a Democrat from, I think, California's 17th district, uh, had an anti-corruption plan uh, to ban congressional stock trading, 12-year limits on uh, terms in Congress, 12-year term limit, uh, ban on political donations from lobbyists or PACs, which Matt Gates says he doesn't take either. Uh, but Gates went on to add he also wanted to ban lobbyists, foreign agent registration ban for former members of Congress. Remember, Trump wanted to ban lobbyists through executive action or congressmen from being lobbyists for five years on K Street. As I think it was one of the first things he did as president, but I don't think it stood. Um, and then, you know, Gates wants single subject spending bills. And he would agree to an, increase the motion to va- vacate numbers if these things happen. But maybe only one or two or three of them has to happen to show a sign of good faith to ease the, you know, this, this situation going forward as a sign of faith from Jordan. I'm just thinking out loud, but you know, like I said last night, McCarthy received the second highest in all of Congress in both houses, um, second highest amount of lobbying money at over 600,000. And uh, Chuck Schumer was first at about 750 to 800,000. Um, and listen, every industry lobbies, it's the plumbers union, the plumbers guy, you know, the builders, whatever it is, every industry lobbies. But maybe they should take the money out of it. 
right? So you can go into an office, you can tell a builder, uh, Congressman, why your fees are too high, why your permit fees are too high, why you're overregulated, why you're paying high workers' compass fees. These things are important. And I've seen a lot of changes made in local, state, and national level by people unifying as business, mostly small business, and, and demanding that they get some relief and action. It's part of the democratic process. Take the money out of it. But maybe they should agree to one or two of these things and we can go forward. Well, a couple interesting points on this, and I've seen this, Gates talking about Ro Khanna and some of the, these, and he would be open to that. And, and, and he also said, because here's the thing, I, I was stunned by the change in tone uh, last night by this audience when we announced that Trump was endorsing Jordan, and I think it became real for everybody that Jordan's going to clearly probably be the next guy. The change in tone from the emails I got on Monday and Tuesday when I questioned this whole thing, and it was that you, you know you can imagine what they were for forty eight straight hours. Last <laughs> night, when when Jordan got the support of the president, it all of a sudden flipped into Jordan is the worst idea ever. Most that's mostly what I got, and I still gotten it this morning. Now I saw Jordan gave an interview to Punchbowl News, Jake Sherman, and. Remember that he had that squishy email about I'm going to bring the rhinos in and not put them in tough positions. Right. And yeah, yeah, Remember yeah. that? Yeah. So Jake Sherman res- uh, reports today that he sat down with um, Jim Jordan, and he says that Jordan said um, – ah, I put it on our Twitter, and I said, here comes the stalemate. He said, Jim Jordan tells us in a wide-ranging interview that he's now – for reforming the motion to vacate. Quote, everyone I'm talking to, the conference wants to change the rule. So he gets endorsed by Trump. He becomes clearly, clearly out and about the front runner to get the job. And as soon as he knows he's going to get the job, he says, well, maybe we need to reform this motion to vacate because <laughs> I don't want to be in the position to have to go through what he just went through. Oh, you mean to be, uh, you know, keep your word and do what you're supposed to do and not uh, not throw in with the Democrats? You mean that rule? And shockingly, also after the president endorsed him, guess what now is also off the table? Is this big uh, televised um, Scalise, Jordan, maybe the guy from Oklahoma, Hearn. Remember they were going to do this televised interview with Brett Baer they announced? They were going to do this like town hall where they could just get everything out. Well, they canceled that. Hearn said, I'm not doing it. This is going to turn into a circus, which is the last thing the party needs right now. And then Scalise and Jordan got together last night or this morning and said, no, this is not a good idea. They canned it. So that's off the table. I was going to say that's a good idea that it's off the table. That's we don't need that. That, You know what that is? That's Fox News saying, you know what? We need to do something because our, our debates, nobody's watching our debates. Maybe they'll watch this. And that's all that is, because nobody nobody cares about what these guys. They just want somebody. They just want somebody elected who will do the job. They don't care what kind of what kind of uh, you know name they've got. They don't care what color of the skin they have. They don't care if they're they've got a size six or a size twelve shoe. Get the job done. And if you can't, then don't bother showing up. Right. But the definition of getting the job done in Washington to each person is very different. Yeah, it is. Very different. And so now what this sets up already that you can see coming is Jordan now gets endorsed by Trump. A lot of people not happy about it. A lot of people think Jim Jordan is very squishy right now. A lot of people think his committee that he set up for weaponization has done zip, zero, and zilch. And now he's all of a sudden saying, I'm going to bring everybody together. No one's going to be put in a tough spot. Now he's saying, I'm up for the 
a motion to vacate changing that. We know Gates and the other ones are not going to be for that. So what, what's the word that you should all be starting <laughs> to put in your head? Concessions. Because yes. you're going to need concessions to get everybody back together. What do you think the concessions are going to be? You're going to have concessions on the motion to vacate. You're going to have concessions on the new CR that we're going to need on November 17th. And here comes the S show. You can see the beginnings of it evolving already. Let it rip. Single subject spending bills. Let's go. Yep. Well, everybody's, I mean, we've been working on those. They should have been working on them in August and not gone on recess. Yeah, I agree. All right, what else, David's here? Um, well, you know, there's a lot going on in uh, New, New Hampshire. I'll be up there for Monday. Uh, but now Chris Christie is promoting the idea because the Democratic Party is under fire. In New the Hampshire. idea of what? Eating a pizza hut or a different? Yeah, idea? no. Uh, the, he wants to get uh, people to see it's a semi-open primary. So you can declare before the primary who you want to be affiliated with. So a Democrat can re, like kind of re-register, I think, as a Republican. Uh, or uh, declare who they're going to, uh, what party they're going to support. What's he promising? So, Do we know? Box of munchkins or something? No, it's uh, he's saying it's uh, he wants to get rid of Trump off the ballot. So, huh. um, you know, there's people playing that game. And Democrats are considering doing this in New Hampshire to get Trump off the ballot. Um, so uh, there's a lot of uh, funny business going on in New Hampshire. And they're under fire because, you know, they're supposed to be first in the nation. The Democrats want to skip it and go right to South Carolina. Uh, I was in flux right now. Now they're saying I was going to be the deadline, not March 9th. It's going to be all mail-in and stuff. So on the Democrat side... Um, but uh, New Hampshire is something to watch. Uh, it's, it's 39 to 40% independent. People can change their affiliation, could impact it. You know, uh, Trump, and it's a winner is by plurality. It's not like one of these states where you have to get at least 50% in the primary, and then there's a runoff, you know, so it's just a plurality. Um, so you know what's interesting about Trump's the- ahead, but he could be in trouble. Well, you know what's interesting about the Chris Christie thing about the, you know these never Trumpers still trying to throw everything but the kitchen table. There's an article today in Axios this morning, uh, and it's entitled "Many GOP Anti-Trumpers Are Throwing in the Towel," and it says a growing number of anti-Trump Republicans are giving up and giving into the belief that nothing is going to stop Donald Trump from winning the GOP's presidential nomination. Despite former President Trump's poor record in the last three elections, his increasingly violent rhetoric and four felony indictments, many anti-Trump Republicans quietly are stepping back from pushing for an alternative. They have concluded that the GOP base can't quit Trump. Win It Back, a political action committee affiliated with the conservative Club for Growth, says it has burned through $6 million creating 40 anti-Trump messages, none of them effective, the New York <laughs> Times reported. Yeah. Republican Accountability PAC, a, former, a group of former Trump voters dedicated to moving beyond the former president, is giving up on the primary after spending a million on ads in Iowa. We have stopped spending money in the primary, their PAC leader said. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, who clashed with Trump when he refused to go along with Trump's claim on the 2020 election, said last week that he'll support Trump if he gets the GOP nominations. So I think people looked at I posted this article, and the comments that I was seeing didn't make any sense. They were like, ah, no, it's a, no, this is actually a good article if you're a Trump supporter. Yeah, I, I even spoke to Congressman Russell Fry. Maybe it was a conversation with him at the uh, South Carolina Silver Elephant GOP Gala. And he's saying the same thing. You know, DeSantis put a pipeline of money into South Carolina. It didn't lead to any results. And Trump is still ahead 31 points in New Hampshire. 
Uh, but they can't take it for granted, that's for sure. No. no, they can't take it for no. granted. But as we said, I think Iowa's the whole ball of wax. If he wins Iowa by 40-50, it's over. Maybe over anyways, but if he wins by Iowa by what he's up there, then he's going to go steal. Th- he's going to go ramp through New Hampshire and go right to South Carolina, and, and it's going to be goodnight Irene for everybody else. All right, anything else, David? Um, yeah, I got more stuff for you later. Uh, tuberculosis rates are up in the city. They're blaming it on COVID and, and migrants. <laughs> so, like, you know, which is it? Uh, it's like they're kind of scared to commit to one side or another. Uh, and then I got some news. Uh, Sidney Powell um, got some uh, good news uh, in court today. Um, she, uh, you know what? Here it is. So the judge is ordering in the Sidney Powell case, you know, she's kind of dragged into this whole thing that she uh, did, went into machines and all this stuff. But there was a motion to, to dismiss here. And the judge presiding over the case um, said that uh, the prosecutors may have left out uh, exculpatory evidence against her. And she might be in a good position to have this thing dismissed against her. And, um, you know, uh, that they're asking the prosecutors to go back and do their homework and present exculpatory evidence if they have it. So I can get into that a little later, too. The last thing I had read on her on her case was that they had flipped some witness to testify against her is the last thing I had seen in that. So uh, that's good news because uh, it did that did not look like it was going well for her. And they were going to try to force her to take some kind of deal. I think they've already made a deal with the first person who was uh, who was on trial down there of the 38 or whatever the number yeah. is that they indicted somebody already took a deal and she and chesborough right are the two names that are going now yes ken chesborough right and i thought i thought the last thing i read was they had flipped some witness against her that that was that was not looking good but, this but she's like- not alleged to participate in a lot of the activities that the other people are being con- uh you know, uh, prosecute on like alternative slates of electors and other things so um but it's something to follow um she could use some good news more with David Zier coming up. More sports with Slick. More news with Delgado. What even is that? Odds maker still a lot to do on a Friday night. We're back right after this. to the hour live from studio 6b on a friday night so um one of the many problems with all of these uh, trump criminal indictments and charges obviously the jack smith office now continues to leak continues to leak information out of their office to try to frame the narrative poison the juries get the public information that they probably shouldn't know about uh and not and of course um all trump can do is say no 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 you know, his team, his spokesman can come out and say, no, we did nothing wrong. And they're at it again. Headline, AB, and it's always one of these ABC News, MSNBC, CNN always has one of these stories. ABC News. Trump allegedly discussed U.S. nuclear subs with foreign national after leaving the White House, no. sources say. 
Trump allegedly. <laughs> Wasn't there a time that if you had to put that in the title, you may not run the story? Right. Trump allegedly discussed the information with an Australian billionaire. Months after leaving the White House, former President Trump allegedly discussed potentially, potentially, I mean, in the first <laughs> sentence, you got two words already that it's like, uh, months after leaving the White House, former President Trump allegedly discussed potentially sensitive information about U.S. nuclear submarines with a member of his Mar-a-Lago club, an Australian billionaire who then allegedly shared the information <laughs> with scores of others. This, this is... This is how they frame this because what they, you know, Jack Smith's office leaks it. They obviously want to use it. Right. Because they want to, they got to get him. Get him. So this is what the piece ends up reading like. Right. And, and you're right. They want to use it, but they know they can't use it because it's not fact-based. So since they can't really use that in court, we can put it out there and, and let's poison the, uh, the, the court of public opinion. That's the only that's the only court they're they're they can really play to because they know if they go into court they can have a real problem. But that's just me. What do I know? <laughs> he shared the information with scores of others, including more than a dozen foreign officials, several of his own employees, and a handful of journalists, according to sources familiar with the matter. Does that scenario even sound reasonably? Uh, I mean, how stupid do they think we are? <laughs> he called a big round table. Is that, is that what we're supposed to believe? The right. former president of the United States yeah, called... Leak, uh, nuclear secrets. Right, called scores of people, including dozens of foreign officials, several of his other employees, and a handful of journalists. Like, what was he, <laughs> spending a lot of time in Pelosi's uh, alcohol cabinet before he did this? I don't think he drinks. So, I mean, how <laughs> ridiculous does this sound? He, he got, gathered them all around the table to say, hey, okay, you guys want to know or. uh you guys see Red Dawn before? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that ain't nothing that. compared to what we're doing. I, I got this. Uh, I got this Russian uh, submarine captain. He looks just like uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 007. He's gonna bring us over a sub, and we're gonna store it in Rhode Island. You watch. Yeah, and he looks like Sean Connery. Yes. <laughs> the potential disclosure was reported to Special Counsel Jack Smith's team as they investigated Trump's alleged hoarding of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. The sources. Uh, told ABC News the information could shed further light on Trump's handling of sensitive government secrets. <laughs> Prosecutors Good. and FBI agents have at least twice this year interviewed the Mar-a-Lago member, Anthony Pratt, who runs U.S.-based Pratt Industries and one of the world's largest packing companies. In those interviews, Pat described how looking to make conversation with Trump during a meeting at Mar-a-Lago, he brought up the American submarine fleet, which, had two, which the two had discussed before. According to Pratt's account, as he described the sources, Pratt told Trump he believed Australia should start buying its submarines from the U.S., to which an excited Trump leaning, oh, leaning, they say, mm. toward Pratt as if to be discreet, then told Pratt two pieces of information about U.S. submarines, the supposed exact number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry, and exactly how close they supposedly can get to a Russian submarine without being detected. Possibly. He may have said it. We're not sure. And you would think with all those people that were at this big round table, right, they couldn't get one name. They couldn't get one name and put in the article and be like, uh, we got you here. You want to comment on this? No, I'm not going to comment. Were you there? Yes, I was there. I can't comment on it. They lined up 80 people to right. testify against Trump in this documents case. <laughs> and there's wow. no name. <clears throat> okay. So just more leaking coming out of Jack Smith's office. And uh, I hope Judge Cannon is taking notice of all of this as she starts to make these decisions on the timing and whether to push this trial. 
and uh, some of the other motions that hopefully the Trump team are going to make there. Hopefully she's, uh, she's up on the constant leaking like a sieve out of Jack Smith's office to their friends in the media to try to frame this in, a, in, in their way. Because it's nonstop. Every month we get one of these to one of these outlets. So, all right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B. If you have used it and you want the shirt of the month, send the emails to LFS6B at Yahoo.com. It's at the bottom of the screen right there on the lower third, the entire show. LFS6B at Yahoo.com. LFS6B at Yahoo.com. Send your Email confirmation that you used our code, what you bought, your shipping information. It all comes in your confirmation email. Send it to us, and we'll send you out the shirt of the month. Just tell us your size. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D, one more roll through the rodeo. We're going to go down to Florida for the Northwest Florida Championship Rodeo at Bonifay, Florida, Bonifay Memorial Field. This rolls right through tomorrow night, Saturday night. Bareback riding leader, Will Lowe, 84 points on four Ellen Diamond S rodeos. It's happening. Steer wrestling, Justin Thigpen, 4.4 seconds. Team Roping Scott Martell and Jake Goddard 5.5 seconds. Saddle Bronc riding. We have a tie. Joe Farron on 4 Ellen Diamond S Rodeos Painted to Blue and Parker Kempfer on 4 Ellen Diamond S Rodeos. Gabriel 82 and a half <laughs> points each. Tied down Roping another tie. We have Paolo Bakwe uh, the second and Brian McClellan 9.8 seconds each. Barrel Racing Shaley Jenkins 16.34 tenths. Bull Riding J.R. Stratford, 84 and a half points on four Ellen Diamond S Rodeos, three days. Total payout on this rodeo, $67,360. And, uh, well, upset in football last night there. The <clears throat> commanders fell to the lowly Bears, who were 0-4 when they went in to play them. This is part owner Magic Johnson blasts commanders. Thursday night football effort first the Bears. Magic's an owner now. He's got some stake here. Victor Barbosa of Yard Barker reporting. Washington commanders limited partner Magic Johnson blasted the team. Team on X, formerly known as Twitter, late Thursday night following their Week 5 loss to the Bears. Uh, tonight, the Commanders played with no intensity or fire. We didn't compare, compete in the first half and got down 27-3 heading into halftime. It was too big of a hole to climb out of, and that is why we ended up losing 40-20. to The NBA Hall of Famer is right as the Commanders got outplayed at home in every phase of the game. Entering the contest with a chance to go over 500, Washington instead saw the Bears go up 17-0 early in the second quarter and 27-3 by the intermission. The host briefly showed life behind a solid game from quarterback Sam Howell and were able to cut the deficit to 30-20 early in the fourth before Chicago's senior called Justin Fields hooked up with wide receiver DJ Moore. He had a good night last night. For their third touchdown later in the frame to put the game out out of reach, and uh, ironically, the Bears' last two victories have come in prime time. Also, ironically, they actually won on the same day of the death of Dick Butkus, their favorite son, favorite player. I don't know if there was any motivation there, but that was really an amazing night for an 0-4 Bears team to come back and win that game, so that was really kind of cool. And, uh, well, like Magic, the uh, the Commanders hope to rebound uh, next week against Atlanta, and that's a Did you, see his, uh, did you see his tweet? I did see his tweet. He was pretty hot. He was uh, not too happy with their effort. No, nope, exactly. Exactly. You know, Magic said, that's it, man. But uh, we'll get him out there. He probably can still play. That's a rap in sports, but he played a different sport, a little different. That's it, Big D. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Again, use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop there throughout the holidays. Uh, because we got the shirt of the month right now. But come November 1st, we're going to start a whole new brand 
huge, biggest promo we've ever done uh, in coordination with My Pillow. Uh, so we'll talk about that on November 1st. But right now, the shirt of the month is the Truth Trump shirt. If you use our code, send us the email to LFS6B at Yahoo.com. I get like six a day saying, where do I send it? <laughs> LFS6B at Yahoo.com. Send it along. We'll send you the shirt of the month. All right, hour two coming up. What even is that? Odds makers all on tap. Plus more news with David Zier. More sports with Slick Rick all coming up. Two live from Studio 6B, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's doing sports. David Zier's doing the news. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Aaron Fran holding it down. As always, lots to get to in hour two, including the odds makers for your college football and pro football weekend. We will get to that in the final segment of the show. Slick Rick and Aaron going head-to-head. Both have been extremely respectable here to start the year. Slick's actually been... Still quite a few games above 500, I think, yep. which is pretty impressive. Aaron, I think, is about 500, maybe a game above, which also is very good. Uh, we'll do that in the last segment of the show. David Zier's got some more news to do as well. I got a couple things to get to as well. Hearing a lot of people talk about Biden on the border wall, that somehow he's changed or he's caved, the Mayorkas is changing. Well, Daniel Horowitz has some thoughts on that, and he says, do not be fooled and deceived by Biden's border wall gambit, because it's not what you think. And so we'll go over that, plus some more things on the economy. Uh, this Biden uh, thing this morning, this little quick press he did on this f- fake, phony jobs <laughs> numbers, 150,000 of these jobs were part-time, 75,000 of them were government jobs. That's 200 and something of the 336 we got. We were only expecting like 180,000. The ADP report was probably closer to the reality. They were expecting 180, and they got, I think they got 80. Or they were expecting 150, and they got 86 or something like that. It was way off. And then all of a sudden, you get this huge surprise this morning, just seemingly strange. But we'll see what the revisions are like. Uh, So lots to get to here in hour two. But right now, what we're going to get to is one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with what even is that? All right, Damon. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, it it used to be, you're welcome. Uh, It used to be that in the news cycle, and I think all you guys can agree that especially in this age of 24-hour news, that an explosive story would break, right? And it would grab all our attention. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. 
<laughs> and something like that, and it would slowly unfold, right, with new explosive claims every few days or weeks, and then it had the potential to even last longer than that, weeks even sometimes even longer. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. <laughs> but these days, it seems that we have now graduated to, well, we're far beyond that point. I mean, just look at the last week. When you look at the news between the Trump trial uh, to Joe Biden's latest frozen yogurt moment. I, uh, um, come on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Hunter Biden's day in court, you would think that, oh, my goodness, that's a busy week of news. And, and we should be, uh, you know, have, have this should have kept us entertained for quite some time. Are you not entertained? <laughs> are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Yes, it's exactly why we are here. Right. <laughs> but then you know what else? We are also here and we are being distracted. Huh? Yeah, so much so that, that you, you would be excused if you missed this story that kind of flew under the radar. I mean, check out the, the headline from Politico of all places. Yeah, McHenry orders Pelosi to leave her Capitol hideaway office by Wednesday. Wait a second. What even is this, right? I, I mean, at first I laughed because when Damon read it on Tuesday night, we were all kind of chuckling. But then I thought, well, hold on. She's still a member of Congress, I thought, right? Uh, and how do you just kick her out of her congressional office, right? And then we look a little bit deeper and we find out uh, hideaway offices are like, well, it's like Fight Club. And the first rule of hideaway office <laughs> is you don't talk about hideaway office. So naturally, like you, I started wondering, well, what the hell are they hiding in their hideaway offices? Well, here's what I found. Check this out. Mm -hmm. according, according to this, there are about 100 of these secret offices in the U.S. Capitol building used by members of the Senate and by a few senior members, I guess we know who, of the U.S. House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. Their locations are unlisted in any official directory because you can't hide away if everyone can find you. <laughs> and their doors are marked by only a room number. Senators use hideaways, and, and, and here it comes, because it has a private space to prepare for congressional sessions, sure. conduct confidential meetings, yeah. which is code for that's where the real deals are made, yeah. and you, the American people, get screwed, and to also you know take naps and other personal purposes. Yeah. They range from lavish and expansive upper floor offices to small, cramped rooms rooms in the basement. Of course, as you can imagine, Nancy was none too happy and had this to say in a statement which read, with all of the important decisions that the new Republican leadership must address, one of the first actions taken by the new speaker pro tempore was to order me to immediately vacate my office in the Capitol. Yeah, good. This eviction is a sharp departure from tradition. Get she out. also added, sadly, because I'm in California to mourn the loss and pay tribute to my dear friend, Diane Feinstein, who died like three weeks ago. I'm unable to retrieve my belongings at this time. Mm -hmm. But to make sure that she didn't end up looking like one of her constituents in San Francisco, you know, her home <laughs> district. Yeah. Um, sleeping, with her yeah, sleeping with her belongings on the street, she hired her very own mover to do it for her. 
Yeah, and from what I'm told, Hakeem Jeffries was none too happy about his new job. As they were cleaning out Nancy's office, he said, besides the collection of Republican scalps she's collected over the years, uh, the toughest thing to get out of the office was her mini fridge. Yeah, he said it was so heavy he needed to empty it just a little bit so they could move it. Yeah. So now Nancy Pelosi finds herself as just another House member. Yep, one of 435. Sure. And she is no longer longer in control and she no longer controls this guy why else do you think she was still in that office and why do you think we the people kept getting screwed but don't worry nancy because as the saying goes you can go home again and speaking of taking it in the can and going home hey look who'll be waiting there for her <laughs> wait, wait, yeah that? that's her husband paul pelosi <laughs> with some of his buddies as he gets undressed and liquored up for another installment of the 2 a.m naked <laughs> hammer fight club this is going to be the wife home edition and looks like uh <laughs> as you can tell uh nancy brought her own hammer paul so watch out <laughs> i'm sure she brought her own screwdriver <laughs> Damon, back to you. <laughs> yeah, well, she, brought, yeah, she brought her own hammer and she brought her own screwdriver <laughs> and margarita yeah. Yeah. and tequila. Oh yeah. Uh, so there you have. <laughs> All right. What even is that? Rick Delgado. Very good. Very there good. Go. Oh God, Nance. Well, I mean, she was supposed home. to be out of there. She was supposed to be out of there already, I believe. Yeah, wasn't Wednesday. She? Wednesday, they McCarthy moved her out. McCarthy letters. No, wasn't. Oh, that was for the former speaker, I guess, this office, right? Well, that's. So as the, long as McCarthy was speaker, she technically was the former, so she was in there. She had the hideaway office. That that was that was a privilege given to her when she was speaker. Okay. She wasn't. It's not like she's supposed to keep it. Um, but of course, you know, and, and you know, when you hear about the back and forths between McCarthy and Pelosi, they're working together. He went to her for advice and all this stuff. She, she was controlling him, which is why we got the June deal and we got this latest. <laughs> <thing done. laughs> well, so. Matt, Matt Gates said the uh, yellow brick road was paved with deals with the Democrats yeah. for yeah. McCarthy. So, right. There you have it. All right. Well, there you go. So nice. All right, what even is that? If you missed it, it'll be up on our Substack, of course, tonight. Substack, LFS6B.substack.com. Make sure you subscribe for free over there. Uh, David Zier, let's do some more news. What's going on in your world? Well, uh, Liz Cheney said she can't support uh, Jim, uh, Jim Jordan. Oh, yeah. Of course ship. she can. <laughs> so, She's been talking to Sonny Hostin on The View, bro. Yeah. Sonny Hostin said he's a dumb, he's a political terrorist, this guy, Jordan. <laughs> and the she Constitution was, can't be followed anymore if he gets a job. So I guess that's a sign of, uh, that's a good sign to support him, maybe. Um, but I got a couple of quick uh, clips for you. Um, Ryan Carson was killed in the streets of New York. You know, he was uh, an, an, like an Antifa type activist. And they're like, oh, he's such a good natured guy. And he's such a wonderful man. He loved everybody. Well, in fact, he was hateful. And he's a victim of his own stupid policies where, you know, uh, defund the police and all this stuff. Do we have that uh, Twitter picture uh, there of him? We sure bring do. that up and read uh, some of his messages to people because he was so hateful. Really, against the right. Um, but I could read them for you. You go um, ahead. I'll get your picture up. Yeah. So uh, you can't read it anyway. So there's a picture of him here, and and then when Rush Limbaugh died, he said, "L M A O, hell yeah." 
uh, when they said Rush Limbaugh's dead at 70. And then uh, in another video, um, he said, this is really good. And it was a video of the third precinct being destroyed in Minneapolis, uh, you know, because he was an anti-cop thug. Uh, and then um, his, his username, I think, was Death Cab for Cohen, maybe. He says, hi, political organizer here. It's not bullying to hold elected officials accountable. That being said, I would love to shove this little effing nerd in the locker where he belongs. This guy was vicious with the vitriol. Um, and, um, you know, they, they're saying, you know, he's such a good-natured guy and everything. But this is the left. This is the left. And his own, you know, support to defund the police is the reason why he was probably knifed on the street to begin with by a mentally ill guy in the middle of the street in front of his girlfriend. Um, you know, they're a victim of their own policies. Yeah. And I have some other clips for you uh, in the next break or two. Chickens came home to roost. Mm, I got yeah. one more quick one if you want. Yeah, sure, uh, go ahead. Biden jive talking. Do we have that one uh, on Twitter? <laughs> jive talking. Yeah. <laughs> That was, uh, he's on the floor of the Senate, probably about 45, 40 years ago when they wanted a midnight basketball. I think that was 35, 40 years ago. All right. Well, um, let me do we bleep. have that one? Yeah, we have it. <clears throat> I have he's no not audio, racist, though. But he's not a racist. Do we have audio on this? <laughs> yeah, sure. We found out that this midnight basketball didn't get them together a bunch of jive folks living in their city to do, uh, you know, try to see if they can be Michael Jordan. What? When they found out. They were keeping schools open so gangs come off streets instead of out raping my mother, marauding me, Ooh. robbing the local store. They're in a gymnasium. And my daughter will be safer. My wife will be safer. My mother will be safer. And I will be safer. And I will be happy. I think that Found was the support for that this midnight basketball and get together a bunch of jive folks living in their you city. Know, in the 90s. A bunch of jive folks, he says. <laughs> a bunch of jive folks. Imagine Trump said yes. that. Oh, that, was, that was years ago. Now the audio doesn't work again. <laughs> a bunch of jive folks. Jive folks. Come on, man. Yeah. He's wonder a racist. Who, wonder who he's talking about. Biden's a racist. And he's exemplified that many times he's over talking the years. About, talking about the Bee Gees? Jive talking? Right. Yeah. Great Could song. Be. I don't know. I mean, holy cow. Trump loves black people. He had 57 black surrogates on an Air Force One going to Tulsa, Oklahoma when I was out there in 2020. Biden. All right, more from David Zier. More news with Rick Delgado. More sports with Slick. All coming up live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. on a Friday night. Let me talk to you about our friends over at Birch Gold. You know, last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose a digital currency and digital IDs on their respective populations, CBDCs. 
Well, they essentially allow the government to track every purchase that you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize all or part of your money. In essence, they enable the government to take more control over your finances. And that's the last thing anybody wants. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold yourself. But learn for yourself by getting the information. Text AMERICA to 989898, and they'll send you a free information kit on gold so you can educate yourself. The easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer? Well, that's if you have an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer that's just gathering dust or trading sideways or down. Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text America to 989898. Claim your free information kit on gold, then call them. Because if a CBDC becomes a reality, it'll be nice to have some gold, well, to fall back on. Everybody knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. And that's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. You've seen Dr. Peter McCullough on this uh, and all over television and radio for the last couple years. Um, The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and your family safe and healthy as well. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health voice today and order. That's twc.health voice and use the promo code voice to save 10%. Go there now, www.twc.health slash voice. 17 past the hour. How do you think Joe Biden would do running that uh, doing, running that website? Ad if he had to give it, be, uh, you, they'd never make a sale at the no. wellness company ever. It, it would take a whole ten minute segment just for him to get through this the script copy. Yeah, exactly. So no, 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 no. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Use our code LFS6P if you get a shop there. Slick Rick, what's going on? Oh, it's a perfect segue to the sports story I have. Big D. Here you go. He couldn't finish his sentences. Sage Steel details heartbreaking interview with Joe Biden. This is Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart report. Former ESPN anchor Sage Steele recently shared the sad details of her 2021 interview with Joe Biden, an interview in which, according to Steele, Biden lost his train of thought and struggled to maintain focus. In an appearance on Bill Maher's Club Random podcast, Steele said the president couldn't finish his sentences and frequently trailed off. The human aspect of what we are witnessing right now to me is heartbreaking, Steele explained. Steele also said that Biden couldn't remember her name. And so he started to tell a football story of his greatness, Steele said. He goes, I have the best hands. What do you say to that? Steele continued, and here's the saddest 
thing. His voice just trailed off. He said, I was good. And then he went silent and he goes, uh, never mind, quote unquote. <laughs> Biden's condition clearly hasn't improved since Steele's interview with him two years ago. Earlier this month, White House staffers had to cut President's mic after he began rambling incoherently in response to a question. Sage Steele left ESPN in August after settling a free speech lawsuit against the network. No great revelation there, but it's just interesting that that was a story that I had queued up and Big D was talking about the website and Joe Biden, if he ran that <laughs> website, he never they wouldn't make one sale. So I wanted to get that in. And we got some great Major League Baseball this weekend. It's really the second round of the playoffs, known as the Divisional Playoff Series. And we have at 1 o'clock tomorrow the Rangers in Baltimore taking on the Orioles. 4.45 is the Twins at the Houston Astros. 6 p.m. Phillies. Take on Atlanta. Atlanta, the number one team with 104 wins this year. Going to be tough to beat. And at 920, the Diamondbacks take on the L.A. Dodgers, who always seem to make it to the playoffs. They had a good year, too. They had over 100 wins. So we'll see what happens. I'll have a full report come Monday. Should be great series. Really not a big, a lot of big names. No big Yankees, Red Sox. You know, uh, but you have, you certainly have the Dodgers and the Astros. They've made some noise. And I do believe the Braves probably are the odds-on favorite to win it all. Right now, if you ask me, I like, I like to see the Rangers over Baltimore, the Twins over Houston. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be nice to see Minnesota get something. And oh, then yeah. Atlanta over the Phillies and uh, Dodgers, I think, easily going to handle the Diamondbacks. I think the NLDS is uh, is going to be pretty wrapped up quickly, but uh, we'll see. be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Love baseball this time of year. They call it the Fall Classic, and that's exactly what it is. Um, and uh, let's see, Rick, that's a, that's a wrap in sports. we got the odds makers coming up. Aaron and I are going to go head-to-head. I saw her picks earlier. I like her picks, so <laughs> <laughs> going to be a good one. I gave her my picks. We split them. We did four picks each, so nice and fair. Right. This way, Aaron gets a spin on what she likes, and I really like what she picked, so I'm looking forward to that, Rick. And that's a wrap in sports. Back All to right. you, my man. You got it, Slick Rick. And again, Slick Rick Sports brought to you by Mike Lindell's MyPillow. Make sure you take advantage of their great yep. deals on checkout. Use our code LFS6B and take advantage of that. Uh, doing some news right now, uh, but before I jump into that, David Zier, give us a little preview of what you got coming up tomorrow morning morning for people uh breaking point 8 a.m eastern time uh i have ed dowd on who's got this great book out about the increased rise in deaths in 21 and 22 and a new english study that's out british study that confirms that there's been like a 40 percent increase in certain age groups from like 15 to like 46 i forgot the the numbers but um and disabilities are up like 30, 36%. I mean, the numbers are just astronomical, post-COVID, post-vaccine. You got to watch it. And then I have Joel Gilbert, uh, who we've been talking to a lot over the last six, eight months uh, about Michelle possibly being injected into the race for next year. So don't miss it. And then I have a crime breakdown of America's three largest cities, Chicago, New York, and uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Don't miss it. All right, mm. so that'll be coming up Saturday morning at 8 a.m. with David Zier on Breaking Points. So make your appointment for your Saturday morning. What else do you have to do besides, uh, you know, pop yep. putts around the house in your pajamas yeah. and, uh, you know. Yeah, and, with that and, great content, that'll right. wake you up real quick. Exactly. <laughs> it's got good stuff on there. <laughs> exactly. Hey, real quick in news, I don't know if you guys saw this one. An event billed as the largest gathering for women, uh, a women's job fair, uh, gets flooded by, you guessed it, Men. 
<laughs> Here you go. Here, your liberal, liberal policies are coming right back to bite you, ladies. An event billed as the largest gathering for women and non-binary technologists in the world was recently dominated by, you guessed it, men, causing an uproar among attendees and leading to apologies from the organizers. The in-person Grace Hopper celebration organized by Anita B and took place last week in Orlando, Florida. Uh, activities included a career fair and an expo in addition to opportunities for those in the industry to seek and uh, seek out prospective career opportunities and to mingle with others. Singer and actor Janelle Monet was the largest or was one of the keynote speakers. Uh, instead of catering to its intended audience, though, that believe it or not, a lot of these, everybody that walked into this place had to shell out $1,300 a ticket just to get into the doors. So this is meant to be a great thing for women uh, to organize and meet and, and network. Well, the organizers soon realized that cisgender men, I don't even know what that stupid word means, um, it means guys who pretend to be girls, uh, had flooded the conference allegedly for their own personal gain. Uh, according to Anita B., the chief impact officer, Cullen White, told attendees on September 22nd, uh, yesterday it became clear that there are a far greater number of cisgender men attending than we anticipated. This was supposed to be a joyous event that centers around you, the ladies, but of course, you know, that's what happens when you, you follow these liberal exactly. policies. Simply put, some of you uh, lied when you registered, and as evidenced by the stacks and stacks of resumes that you're passing out, you did so because you thought you could come here, take a space, and get a job. So there you have it, a women's job fair flooded by non-binary men. You can't make it. Turned right. into ne a woe man. Uh, next year, I hear it's going to be a nut-free event. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll take a quick break. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice continues on a Friday night. We'll be back right after this. Stay there. All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. We'll do some more news with David Zier here in a second. Uh, Michael Zay has a piece today. 2024, the Trump boom versus the Biden bust. Americans forced out of office Herbert Hoover in 1932 because they blamed him for the Depression. Jimmy Carter lost the presidency in 1980 because of high inflation and recurring recessions. George H.W. Bush's 1992 re-election bid was doomed by high unemployment and tax hikes. In 1932 and 1980, the economy also cost the president's party control of the House and the Senate. In 2024, Joe Biden will be confronted with an election problem Hoover, Carter, and Bush didn't have. He has the unenviable task of running not just against a faltering economy— but also against an opponent Americans believe created the most, uh, most pros prosperous economy, his predecessor, Donald J. Trump. When Americans elected Biden in 2020, their message to him should have been clear. Trump handed you a booming economy. Just don't do anything to ruin it. Well, unfortunately, Biden has done just that. And Americans have taken notice. A new USA Today poll reveals that the Americans, tr Americans trust Trump over Biden by 47 to 36 percent to restore American prosperity. Independents trust, trust Trump over Biden on the economy 46 
to 25%. 70% of Americans think the economy under Biden is only getting worse. Only 20% see it as improving. As pollster John McLaughlin stated in a recent Atlantic Magazine interview, the American people consider Trump a solidly performing president who brought the country a strong economy, low inflation, and real wage growth. After years of secular stagnation under Obama, Trump delivered 3% growth. Trump engineered this boom largely by opening federal lands to oil and natural gas development and using deregulation to get the government off the backs of industry. In 2020, despite the months-long COVID restrictions on business activity imposed by Democrat governors and mayors in New York, California, Michigan, and elsewhere, the nation's GDP roared back at an eye-popping 33% clip in 2020's third quarter. The Trump economy Biden inherited in early 2021 was expanding at a 6.7% annual rate. Unfortunately, in less than three years, Biden's war on fossil fuels, overregulation of industry, wasteful government spending has driven the country into financial hell. During the Trump years, inflation grew at a mild 1.8% per year enabling inflation-adjusted average wages to rise almost 9%. Incidentally, the first real raise Americans have received in decades. Under Biden, inflation has eviscerated Americans' income. Under Trump, inflation-adjusted income reached an all-time high of $78,250 in 2019. According to the Census Bureau, by the end of 2022, Biden's policies drove down income to 74000 580, a a near record number of Americans are taking multiple jobs just to keep their heads above water. Under Trump, mortgage rates were down to 2.65%. Biden's mortgage rates have now surpassed 7.5%. The Goldman Sachs Index and the National Association of Realtors measures show that housing affordability has reached the worst levels ever. First-time buyers are in a worse position to purchase a home since the 1980s. Trump slashed regulatory costs by $11,000 per household. Biden's regulations cost Americans a total of $10,000 per household. Trump's energy policies drove gas down to $1.87 per gallon. Biden's climate policies resulted in a record $5.02 in June of 2022. Gas hit $7.20 per gallon in some areas in August of this year. Crude oil could surpass $100 per barrel, depending on demand. In early 2021, just after President Trump left office, the average cost of a car was $35,000. Now under Joe Biden, car prices exceed $46,000. The average car payment is an unaffordable $700. And $46 a month. Car repossessions are soaring. According to Vice President Kamala Harris, well over half of all Americans cannot cover a $400 bill without taking on some kind of debt. Consumers owe $1.1 trillion on their credit cards. 53% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, many of them draining their 401k retirement accounts to try to make ends meet. Credit rating, credit rating agency Fitch downgraded the United States debt due to an expected fiscal deterioration over the next three years. 
expect the U.S. to be downgraded even lower. It was just announced that the U.S. deficit for fiscal year 2023 is $2 trillion. Not unexpectedly, most Americans believe they are doing worse under Biden than they were under Trump. The Gallup Economic Confidence Index and the University of Michigan's consumer sentiment revealed that Americans haven't been this pessimistic about the economy since the financial crisis of 2008-2009. Clinton's former Secretary of Labor, little Robert Reich, claims that these numbers are reflecting the fact that under Biden, the poor grew poor and the working middle is under worsening siege. According to the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, 15.3 million people have been added to the poverty rolls since Biden took over. The poverty rate for children has doubled. The jobs picture has deteriorated over the last several months. The Bureau of Labor Statistics now estimates hundreds of thousands fewer jobs have been created in 2023 than earlier reported. And that will stay the same for the report we got this morning. That's almost a guarantee. The downward revisions brought the June through August three-month average to only $150,000 uh, 150, jobs created. The GOP must not trust the mainstream media to tell this story about the American economy. The party has to use its speeches, social media, TV ads, billboards, displays to hammer home the message that we are living in a Biden bust and that only Trump can restore American prosperity. Unless the economy makes a dramatic turnaround, Joe Biden and his party will likely experience the same devastating electoral outcome suffered by earlier presidents seeking re-election during a steep economic downturn. Who wrote that? <laughs> Michael Zay, Ph.D., He's the author of Ageless Nation, Seizing the Future and the Future Factor, professor at Montclair State University. Um, on Twitter, his handle is Futurist3000. And I didn't even give you the whole article. I mean, he breaks these numbers down like you can't believe. It's comprehensive. It's great. It's everything we all think and know. And then it's just like, boom. And, it, and he's absolutely right. And this is the, the, what I continue to say. What's his handle? Are you better off four years ago than you were than you are today, yeah. and you have to hammer these numbers. It's not even four years. What's it's his two Twitter years handle? At this point. His Twitter handle is Futurist3000. Futurist3000. His website is Zay.com. Z-E-Y.com. Excellent. Michael G. Zay, writing in the American Thinker today. It's on our social medias if you want to go take a look at it and arm yourself with these facts so that when you get your liberal friends to argue with you or you, they listen to Joe Biden this morning going, eh, they all know they're better off financially. Facts. No, not facts, <laughs> Gramps. Yeah. Delusion. That's what that is. Delusion. All right, let's do some more news with David Zia. Oh, what else is going on? You know, I posted on Truth Social and I CC'd Trump. Don Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle, Devin Nunez, Cash Patel, uh, with that Biden video that we played earlier. He should just use that and run that every day during the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> be hands down, uh, hands down. So I just wanted to go back to this uh, just for about 30 seconds here. Um, Ryan Carson murdered in the street. He's an activist. He hated law enforcement. He viewed them as subhuman. Andy No, I got to know a little bit. I uh, was clubbed. He had 26 staples in his head. He had some brain damage. You know, uh, he was a gay liberal reporter and attacked by Antifa in the streets years ago. 
What a great guy. Um, and now he's, you know, saying, no, this guy, Ryan Carson, attended a violent BLM Antifa riot in 2020, made observations on how his comrades could better riot. Look, he says, uh, this is Ryan Carson. I'm beating my own dead horse here. But from seeing comrades throw things back at cops tonight, leftists absolutely need to get into sports if for no other reason that they can throw something without hitting our own comrades. Um, this guy was just full of hate. He was full of hate here. And then somebody posted, you know, the entire NYPD anti-crime unit, plainclothes officers, if you remember that years ago, was disassembled and eliminated. Mm -hmm. And then Glenn Turner posted, New York City will only be criminals eventually. Why would anyone else live there? And then Death Cab for Cohen, which is Ryan Carson, uh, a play on the band Death Cab for Cutie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he yep. said, I mean, you already don't live here, so not exactly sure what your point is. Denying, you know, that taking these units off the street, uh, you know, was a problem, and this guy becomes a victim of stabbing. And then I just wanted to go uh, into these, um, you know, this Karen, this white liberal uh, in a CVS store in Manhattan, I believe, calling uh, for, for a CVS employee, calling an employee out for calling the cops on two shoplifters. Sure. I ask, um, so I live in the neighborhood, sure. um, and I have come to the CVS very often. Mm -hmm. May I ask why you called the police on those two men? Um, CVS policy dictates that if they're shoplifters, mm -hmm. the exit store with merchandise unpaid for, yeah. you should get the police involved. And if the police apprehend them, mm -hmm. you issue a barring order. Okay. So I actually did not elect the first target. I said, hey, look, I just want them to know they can't come in here anymore because they shoplifted, and I just need them to sign that, and I need my merchandise back. And the officers obliged, and the guy said the same thing. Thank you. And they left. It's not your merchandise. It's the store. So you know what happened. Follow my company's policies, not your policies, where I can appreciate so you're willing to risk someone's life for what thirty thousand dollars a year? That's there was no risk in my opinion. The Thank you. You have a great night. Thank what you. is your name? My name is store manager. No, what is his name? No one's gonna tell you my name when you're sitting here videotaping us so that you can try and elicit some sort of violence against you. It's not gonna happen. Elicit violence against you? You just elicited violence against two black men no, by calling they, the police on them. Call the police on her while you're Just l listen to yourself. You work with black folks. You just remember that. What an idiot. Wow. What a Ask, moron. Uh, call the police on I mean, her. I mean, really, call, call a padded room for her. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I just hope never that hap that never happens in front of me when I'm in a store because it's just, <laughs> you know what? it's just not going to go well. Probably for me, but it's just not going to go well. That CVS someone will have it on tape. And yeah. No, this CVS that's we'll have it oh. various angles too. Oh my God, please! <laughs> it's outrageous. Uh, and that employee handled himself so well. It's yeah. not your merchandise, she says. Well, no, yeah. duh, it's not his yeah. merchandise. He's not supposed to care about it, honey. Not only that. Oh, it's, my God. It, it's not his merchandise, but it is his job. Yeah. And without that merchandise, he doesn't have a job, and you have no place to shop. So shut up, stupid, and go home. <laughs> I, li I lived that life for 33 years with the pharmacy. And let me tell you, that is very difficult, and the store always loses. So that man did the right thing. He handled himself well. Yeah. Ridiculous. These shoplifters, what they get away with? Oh. Anyway, that's a rap in sports. I'm up with the I'm up. <laughs>
right, 13 to the hour live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Last segment of the show, which can only mean one thing. It is time for the odds makers for a week five in the NFL week six in college football. Here we go. Let it roll. Time to make our picks. College football, pro football, week six in college football, week five in the pro, both coming in hot. Slick Rick and Aaron going head to head. Slick Rick's got a little bit of a lead right now, five or six game lead, I believe, over Aaron in the overall record. We start in college football. Slick Rick, where are we going for game number one? For game number one, Notre Dame and Louisville Big Deeks. That's, uh, well, that's 737 game, but you want to start with Maryland and Ohio State. So check that. 12, 12 noon, noon, Maryland 5-0 and oh, heads to Ohio State 4-0. and oh, Ohio State minus 19 and a half. Your over-under is 56 and a half. What are you doing in this game, Slick? You know what? What do you know? I'm going to go with Tugavaloa. I like Maryland, Big D, <laughs> plus 20. Let's go, baby. I, I'm a Buckeye fan. I believe the Buckeyes will win that game, but I think Maryland's going to make it interesting. They are undefeated. They're a much better team than they were a year ago. And, uh, yeah, give me the Terps, Big D. Maryland averaging 38.6 points a game, which ranks 14th in college football. Ohio ranking uh, th- uh, 38th at 34 yeah. and a half points. So, uh very interesting game. Ohio State, are they on upset alert? Uh, Aaron, who do you got in this game? I took Ohio State here. I think they're going to beat Maryland at home. I know they're both undefeated. It's going to be a good fight, but I'm still going with Ohio State here. And you think they're going to win by three touchdowns, which is what they're going to have to do to cover that number, minus 19 and a half. Yes, sir. Slick's taking the points. Aaron's laying the points. That's num- That's game number one. Slick, where are we going for game number two? Staying at noon? Staying at noon. We're going to go with Texas and Oklahoma, Big D. The Red River, Shoe, Red River Shootout, Oklahoma and Texas, both teams undefeated at 5-0. and oh, Texas, a four-and-a-half point home favorite. Your total set at 60-and-a-half. They're looking for a shootout here. What do you got, Slick? Well, they're both uh, undefeated, Big D, but sooner or later, one of them has to lose, and I'm saying the sooner's the better, so give me Texas. I'm taking Texas. <laughs> okay. The Fine. sooner, the better taking Texas. So, Slick's got Texas in this game, minus four-and-a-half. Aaron, what are you doing? I took Texas, too. I know Oklahoma's an excellent team this year, but I think Texas has the edge in both lines of scrimmage and the playmakers, so I don't think Oklahoma's going to score enough. Okay, Texas minus four and a half for both Aaron and Slick Rick on that game. The third-ranked Longhorns. Longhorns, horns down. Here we go. (laughs) Texas for both of you. All right, where are we going game three? All right, we're going to talk about rolling with the tide, Big D. Alabama and Texas A&M. Alabama number ranked number 11, 4 and 1 on the year heads to Texas A&M also 4 and 1. Alabama minus 2 and a half on the road and 46 is your total slick Rick. 3:30 p.m. Eastern time kick. What are you doing in this one? The lines moved a lot. But yes, I'm yeah. going to still stick with Alabama. I'm going to roll with the tide. I think the Aggies are going to have an aggravating afternoon, Big D. Let's go. <laughs> give me the, give me give me Bama. All right, you're going lane Bama on the road yeah, minus 2 and a half. Yep. Over Texas A&M. Aaron, what are you doing here? I'm taking Texas A&M. Both teams are four and run right now. The spread was one when we did it, but it's two and a half now, like you said. I think it's going to be a good game. It's a pick game, so I'm going with Texas. All right, Texas A&M plus two and a half for Aaron at home. Slick's going to lay the points with the road favorite. 
Uh, so you guys are on the opposite side of that game. All right, uh, where are we going for game number four, Slick? Huddle, 737 primetime game. Big D, Notre Dame and Louisville. Notre Dame, number 10 on the road, 5-1. and one. Louisville undefeated at home, 5-0, and oh, ranked 25th. Notre Dame, minus 6.5. The Fighting Irish favored on the road. Your total, 54.5. What are you doing here, Slick? Well, the Louisville Cardinals, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish. Well, I think the Fighting Irish are hoping not to commit a cardinal sin, and I think they're going to roll and win that game. <laughs> Big D, I'm taking them, and I'm laying the 6.5. All right, Slick, laying 6.5 on the road at Louisville. What are you doing, Aaron? I'm taking Notre Dame here as well. All right, both of you taking the road favorites. Hard to win on the road in college football against an undefeated team at home at night. But you're both laying the points with Notre Dame. All right, where are we going for game five, Slick? Well, we're going to go to the NFL, Big D. Oh, that's it for college? That's That's it. it Four for for college, four for the pros. Four and four. Okay. All right. So now we're going to uh, NFL. Yes, sir. All right, where are we going for game one? We're going to go, uh, well, let's start about 9.30 a.m., Big D. Let's get to that Buffalo-Jackson-Jackson game. That's that's it. Tottenham Hotspurs. We're going to London. London calling. London is calling. Jacksonville and Buffalo in London. Uh, Buffalo 3-1, and one, Jacksonville 2-2. Two and two. Buffalo minus 5.5 in this game. Neutral field, obviously. Total is 48.5, 9.30 a.m. kick. Where are you going, Slick? Hey, London calling. Looks like it's going to be a good clash. Catch that one. I'm going to take uh, <laughs> Buffalo over to Jacksonville Jaguars. That's it. Give me. I'm laying the 5.5. Oh, I like Josh Allen. He's my fantasy football player. He's doing big. I'm second in the league, Big D. I'm going with Josh Allen to roll it. He's going to score on the on the ground. He's going to score in the air. And I'll tell you, they're going to blink them take good care of Jacksonville. All right, Buffalo minus five and a half. Jacksonville, of course, played last week in London, so they've been there, so their body clocks have been adjusted. Buffalo's going to have to deal with that. Aaron, where are you going in this game? I like game? that Ben and clock. They've been there and their body, the clock. It's a ben, <laughs> big Ben. I'm going with Buffalo here as well. I think their defense and their offense combined is just too much firepower for the Jaguars. All right, you're both on Buffalo minus five and a half. 9.30 a.m. Eastern early game. Where are we going game two, Slick? We're going to go to Get a Life Stadium in beautiful New Jersey. 1 p.m. Dolphins from Miami visiting the Giants. Dolphins laying, laying some big points. I have them laying 12. I don't know what you have. Uh, I think I have this game being played in Miami. Oh, this game yeah, is in Miami. Miami. Oh, New York. Life. Oh, nope. Okay. New York at Miami. So I don't know if you want to rethink that. Minus 12. Miami is 12 point favorites at home mm-hmm. over the one and three Giants coming in here, right. Slick. So but, what are you going to do? Oh, yeah. This was the game Aaron had picked. I like yeah. the Dolphins, though. I like the Dolphins a lot in this one. All right. So the Dolphins minus 12. Aaron, where are you going? I went with the Dolphins here also. I am not impressed with the Giants at all. I don't think they can perform without Saquon Barkley. So. I'm going did, with the Dolphins. Did you just say Get a Life Stadium? Yeah. Met Get a Life, yeah. <laughs> Little late Met Get a Life Stadium. They're not going to be at Met Get a Life, so <laughs> they're not going to be worse. there. So I'll there's... take the 12. I'd lay 20, I'd lay 20 in this one. <laughs> All right, minus 12 for both of you on Miami. Giants do look pretty, uh, pretty bad, and they've lost by some big numbers. Where are we going for game yeah. three? Uh, game three, Big D, or is that game four now? We game four. Jet. Game four, okay. Well, where are we going to go? We're going to go where I don't want to go. Santa Clara, California. I'm wearing my Levi's. And, uh, well, Levi's Stadium. I don't know. I was going back and forth. I've been watching Dallas Cowboys, 3-1 and one on the road to San Francisco, 4-0. and oh, Sunday night football, San Francisco's favored by three and a half. Slick Rick, what are you doing? 
Yeah, well, originally I picked the Niners, but then I said I can't do that. I think it's going to come down to a football, uh, a field goal. You got both Ricky rookies, Aubrey and Moody, and hopefully the Niners are in a bad Moody, and the Cowboys win this game with a nice booty at the end and uh, win this by three walking away. I'm going to take the Cowboys with the three and a half, Big D. All right, Aaron, where are you going in this game? I'm going 49ers. I can never take the Cowboys. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to stand up to the 49ers, in my opinion. This will be my game of the week, San Francisco. Francisco in a route blowout route. San Francisco <laughs> minus the three and a half. No one's played tougher at home. 12 of their last 15, they've won by more than 15 points. 15 in a row at home, I believe, against the spread. Nobody's as tough at home as San Francisco. The three and a half, that extra half makes me think they want you to take Dallas. San Francisco, big lay for Big D on the weekend. San Francisco in a blowout Sunday night. All right, is that it, Slick Rick? That's it, Big D. All right, here you go. It's not going to be that purdy. There's your odds makers. Okay, whatever. There's your odds makers for a Friday night. I'm picking the Jets, anyways. The Jets? What what game is the Jets? The Jets and the Broncos. Oh, we're doing the Jets and Broncos? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That is the, the heck. Game. Oh, I screw you. We screwed it up. So yeah. what's Don't what's worry. this game? Jets and Broncos. We're both taking the Jets. Okay, oh. you're both taking the Jets. Right. Yeah, good luck with All that. Right. Awesome. There it is. All right, very good. So there's an odds makers <laughs> for uh, for a Friday night. All right, David Zier. Any other news we haven't covered that you want to hit? Um, well, minute. they're trying to make Trump into like the Eugene Debs. You know, they uh, they. Uh, put Debs in jail for like inciting riots, you know, in that Pullman strike and the rail strike. They burned the building down and everything because the language basically says anybody who uses disloyal, profane, scurrilous, or abusive language is going to go down uh, under the seditious uh, espionage act or whatever. (laughs) So, all right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, David Zia. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6B audience. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Have some downtime. Enjoy family. We will see you back here Monday night for a busy week. 8 p.m. Monday live from Studio 6B.